This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Hello girls and welcome to another episode of the Women's Fitness Academies podcast. I'm your host, Siggy, one of the WFA's educators and a women's online coach. Today, I've got Natasha Wakefield, who is a trainer, nutritionist, and the owner of Girl Fit Method. Now, Girl Fit Method is a company, well, it's a coaching company that teaches women how to find food freedom, get so strong and build a bulletproof mindset. Natasha, well, Tash, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Siggy, thanks so much for having me. You can call me Natasha, Tash, whatever you like. Awesome. Let's go with Tash. I think that's um, the easiest way. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for joining me. I wanted us, I know we started um, talking about, uh, before we started recording this, about business and like a little bit about um you know food freedom but i wanted to have a better understanding of um, your background like what made you become a coach these days yeah sure so a lot of the reason um as to why i'm in the position i am in now and running the business that i do is because of my own story so um look i spent a lot of time like probably a lot of women trying different diets and really believing that eating less is going to be better and it's going to equal you know quote unquote a better body i did um, a lot of cardio so i used to run every day i would absolutely smash myself at the gym so i was constantly doing classes i tried it all honestly like it all crossfit f45 everything i would be doing two sessions a day i was one of those crazy people um unfortunately you know it got to a point where all of that exercise and all of that food restriction almost felt a little bit out of my control. And I would probably definitely say there was some disordered eating there. And I had a terrible relationship with my body. Um, and I was so frustrated that I was putting in all of this effort. I was exhausted all the time. I was starving and I was still not getting the results that I was wanting. But on top of that, I suppose the worst thing about all of that was just the internal dialogue I would deal with. So um, just constantly beating myself up, feeling like I wasn't good enough and really placing a lot of the importance and my confidence on the way that I looked. And I felt like I never looked good enough, no matter how much I restricted my food or how much I worked out. And I just got to a point where it all got too much and I was just so sick of living my life this way. And I thought like... I'm miserable starving myself. I'm miserable absolutely smashing myself at the gym and training so much. Like, what is the point in all of this? And I ended up hiring a coach and working with someone myself who talked to me about lifting weights. And I guess this wasn't like the change for me took a while. So I was very hesitant to give over control. I still started lifting weights, but I would also go and do a run every day or do like a hit class. So I didn't completely believe what they were saying when they were like, you don't need to do all of that exercise. Like sometimes less is more. Um, I found that really hard to grasp and to understand. 
And, you know, on the flip side, there was the nutrition too. So trying to get me to increase what I was eating. Um, and it was really hard. But I was resistant for quite some time. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to give this a shot because I've got really nothing to lose. Where I'm at, at the moment, I'm not happy anyway. So let's just give this a go. So I ended up doing a reverse diet. I got my calories up. I stopped all cardio, which was incredibly difficult at the time, and just lifted weights. And my goodness, did everything change for me. So it wasn't it wasn't smooth sailing, but I my whole body began to transform. I all the feelings I had around food obsession and thinking about food constantly started to leave because I was actually fueling my body adequately. And it was the biggest game changer. I've never looked back from that day. And it inspired me so much that I wanted to be able to give back and to share my experience with others to prevent them from going through the same thing. And um, really, that's how Girl Fit Method was born. Um, and that's that's really what we do. So good. I love that. I can totally relate to your story as well because I was like a massive cardio bunny when I started my journey. And then transitioning to um weightlifting you were like what no cardio what do you mean like yeah. I still i still need to run i still need to do like my box jumps or my burpees and then eventually when you transition completely away from it you're like wow like how did i not do this sooner yeah i think um the key to that is letting go of control and changing your old belief system and a lot of it comes down to fear and us fearing that when we lose control and we try something new that, you know, our worst fear is going to come about where we're going to gain all this weight and we're going to feel even more uncomfortable in our body when that's not correct. And I think it's challenging that. But, you know, that's really difficult. It's really hard to get out of your comfort zone and to rewire, I guess, the thoughts in your brain and the way that you think about things. Fear is a huge one, especially for us women, when we're not in control of something, it's like the end of the world. Yeah. yeah. You can feel like everything's going to fall apart. Yeah. It's a yeah. crazy. It's like stepping into the unknown. You're like, what? What do you mean I just need to do weights? Like, yeah. Can't I do the cardio? It's just like, no, you need to believe in me. Well, believe in your coach or believe in whoever's, you know, teaching you that this is the way for you to transition away from it and start getting stronger. Absolutely, yeah. Easier said than done though, right? <laughs> so, yeah. How um, with your transition, how did you find um, with your mindset during, like, during that time? Did you find, because I know like you mentioned there was a bit of, a bit of a fear for, for some women, but did you have that fear as well? Yeah, absolutely. It was terrifying. It feels, I think as a female, when you've had this belief and, you know, a lot of females believe that we need to reduce what we eat in order to lose weight, which, you know, in turn is correct in that we need to be in a calorie deficit. We all know that in order to lose fat. However, when you've chronically been under eating, you know, you need to really work on your overall health in order to get your body to a place where you can actually effectively lose fat and so the process for me was that I had just under eaten for so long but I needed to spend some time really improving my biofeedback my health you know things like I had lost my period all of those kinds of things needed to improve in order for me to improve my physique mm. and I guess at that point 
it was really, it was very scary. And there were a lot of fears that I had to confront. However, I got to this point where I was so sick and tired of doing the same thing and feeling miserable and really having food and exercise control my life. And, um, you know, I was looking at having a family. I'm a mum as well. And I knew, you know, this was prior, but I knew in future I didn't want to be like that when I had little ones. I didn't want to set a bad example. I wanted to be able to demonstrate that life is more than just what you look like. Life is more than being a certain number on the scale. Um, but ultimately it comes from who you are as a person, what you give back and how you feel about yourself. And so that really pushed me to, can, to really just push past those fears. But every step of the way was uncomfortable. Yeah, it was really hard. It was never easy. And I, I always say that to my girls. Don't wait for the day when this feels easy. It's never going to feel easy. You just need to take action. Take action regardless of how you feel. Yeah, yeah. so true. Because, like, I can totally relate to that because we tend to contradict ourselves sometimes, you know, because when things get hard, we're like, oh, maybe I'll just take a break. Like, this isn't the time. I need to, like, you know, just just do me and then I'll come back to it. But then your brain's like, no, like, let's do it. Let's, let's go with it. And you have this battle between your gut feeling and your mindset and your mindset's just like, just do it. Or sometimes you'll wake up and be like, no, I don't want to do it. But then the gut feeling comes in and it's like, no, I feel as if I need to do this because this is going to benefit me. And it's just like constant battle. And I love that you mentioned that it just doesn't get easier. You just get better at it. Yeah, you build that mental resilience. Yeah, and that carries over into every aspect of your life because whenever you're going to start something new, those fears in your mind are going to get so loud, much louder than what they are now because they want to keep you boxed in. So as soon as you start to buck up against those, they're going to get really loud. And if you don't push past them and if you can't recognise that fear a lot of the time is not real, then you're going to stay trapped in somewhat of a imaginary world you've created in your mind as to what you think reality is and what it isn't because ultimately we are in control of the decisions that we make and if we allow fear to control those decisions, you're going to just stay stuck. They're always going to be there, but you need to be able to recognise what's truth and what's not truth and really take your power back and be able to make your own decisions. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Really resonate to that. With um, talking about fear, like what are some things that you um, commonly see within your clients or even with yourself when you come into this like resistance of wanting to do something but you end up holding yourself back? Yeah, I, I think what's really important is to figure out why you're fearful. And a lot of the time it comes down, you know, from what I've seen you know, in myself and then also in my clients is the fear of failing. So. Mm -hmm them feeling like they are not going to be able to succeed at whatever it is they have set for themselves. And the funny thing is, is that we can never do anything perfectly in life. And if we think that in order for us to be successful at something, we need to do it perfectly, then we are just going to continuously feel like failures because perfection is just not reality, right? And I think it's rewiring how we view failure and that really the only failure that 
can happen in our lives is when we don't take any action at all. Um, I guess for me, the biggest learning curve and something that I try to really pass on to my girls is that we need to reframe the way that we view failure. Because, you know, when they sign up just to start with GirlFit Method, for example, if we have a client who has been chronically under-eating for a really long period of time, you know, there's going to be weeks where potentially this client, you know, has a food binge, overeats, right, feels guilty, or they have a week where they really struggle to eat more and they, they, go, they revert back to their old habits of really restricting their calories. And if we get stuck on that and see that as a failure, we'll never move forward. But if we can view that as a learning opportunity to go, hey, okay, well, you know, at this point, I, I reckon I overate because I was feeling super anxious or because I had a stressful event during the day. All right, well, I'm going to know that when something like that happens to me again, I'm going to be really mindful of my food choices and see if that's something that's potentially triggering me, right? So we're going to use that so-called negative experience and draw a positive out of it to learn from it. And that's really about reframing how we see failure. So when we go into a situation that requires us to really have to get out of our comfort zone and we're fearful because we're fearful we're going to fail, we can actually look at that as an opportunity and as a positive and it's not so scary. Um, so I think really just changing the way that we see failure and the expectations that we place on ourselves. Mm, yeah, we set, uh, I don't know about you, but like I set uh, big expectations for myself and you know what, sometimes I look, well, um, I hold myself back from doing certain things because of that that fear, and I'm sure you can relate to that. Yeah, I, I call myself a recovered perfectionist. I I absolutely was a perfectionist my whole life, and set these unrealistic expectations of what I thought that I should be achieving, what I thought I should look like. Even if we take it to nutrition and we look at nutrition and training, like it always had to be the best workouts I had to absolutely smash myself at every workout for it to be effective I need to be eating the healthiest I possibly could otherwise you know quote unquote I was bad my diet was bad I needed to look a certain way weigh a certain way you know these really unrealistic expectations and you're you set them so high you're constantly not able to reach them and you're just living in this space of disappointment which really ends up just killing your confidence and reframing that and actually letting go of perfection and understanding I guess it goes back to failure like how you view failure you know and uh really changing the narrative in your mind and letting go of those expectations mm, yeah I love that to be honest like it the only the only way I view failure is by actually by not taking action by not doing the thing that I say that I'm going to do and like you said, most people are fearful of actually failing, but they don't even go for it and they don't even know if they actually would be successful or not. And, yeah, it's, it's just so – it's frustrating, but it saddens me as well because a lot of women hold themselves back, you know, let's say from wanting coaching or from wanting to become stronger in the gym, but they just won't take those actions because they have that little, you know – little bitch inside their mind going, hey, don't do it. Like, you're not going to succeed. And, yeah, the only time that you're actually going to fail is by actually not doing the thing that you say you're going to do. But then I think actually sometimes it's the fear of succeeding as well. You know, when we have low self-confidence and we feel maybe we actually don't deserve what we want, 
and a, a, bit bit of, um, a bit of self-sabotage there. What happens heaps, you know? Like what happens if we get to where we thought we could? But then what? Are we going to be worthy of it? Are we going to have imposter syndrome? All of these things can pop into our mind and it's it's really about identifying the, the fear and where your fear is coming from. So it can be about not believing you can achieve it or you're going to fail and I think sometimes it can be just very scary to think about, oh, my goodness, what happens if I do achieve what I want? Am I deserving of that? Yeah, I love that. Literally opening like a can of worms right now because it could take you back to your childhood. Do you know what I mean? Like repetitive habits that you had done over the years. It could be from, you know, like from your parents, from your grandparents. Like, yeah, just going further back, like back to that. It's all in that subconscious mind. But again, like you said, you're very heavy onto mindset and it's just about changing those patterns for you to realise that, hey, like taking that opportunity is going to benefit you. Absolutely. If you don't, you know, you can have the best training program on the planet, the best nutrition plan on the planet. If your mindset's not in the right place, it means nothing. Yeah. You need to be able to implement those things. You need to be able to be consistent. You need to be able to believe in the process, to give over so many different things. If your mind's not in the right place, it's pointless. You know, the most... I suppose the most successful people on the planet are those that are mentally strong. And if you don't have that self-belief, if you don't have the ability to quieten those fears when they do and those doubts when they do pop up in your mind, because regardless of how successful you become in either your personal life, in your business, those doubts are going to be there every day. They will be. But it's about can you counteract them with beliefs and thoughts that counter uh, account, what's the word, counter, let's say counterproductive. Counter, what was that? Counterbalance. Yes, yeah. That'll be opposite, essentially. Yeah. Um, and really what you're wanting to achieve. Do you have the strength and the ability to be able to do that? It's key. It's key to success. Yeah. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because, like, with every failure, there's a success. And with every, every success, there's a failure. Like, you know, us as business owners, you know, how many times have you failed to do something but then you ended up succeeding at another thing but then succeeding about that you might fail at another thing you know so it's just a matter of just going going with the flow even though I don't like saying that but like it is like it's taking that step forward and going cool let's do this yeah I think like business is my goodness if you want something to challenge you and for you to get to know yourself really well start a business It's uh, like, and I'm sure that you can agree, Ziggy, it's, it's such a challenging thing. You know, I think about for my career. So I came from community services background. So I worked with at-risk young people in particular. And I got into a position where, you know, I'd, I'd worked in that industry for quite some time and gotten into a really comfy role. Things were just cruising. Things were easy. I didn't have to really think about anything. Um, and I had this... I always had this dream to start my own coaching business. But I was incredibly fearful of a few different things. Number one, failing once again, so that perfectionist mentality coming in. But then also really what other people would think. You know, you've got to put yourself out there before people are people are really great at getting around you when you're successful. But when they don't see you as successful at the beginning, 
no one really wants to encourage you that much because it's not all too cool, right, until you're really killing it and then people want to jump on the bandwagon. And so you are your, you're your own cheerleader initially when you start a business, when you start something new, is you need to believe in yourself wholeheartedly to get it started. And those early days, I think the first 12 months of my business, I really learned a lot about myself but also found it incredibly difficult. Um, and for any PTs out there or trainers or online coaches that are starting, it is a grind. You've got to put in the hours and you're not going to get paid. I mean, I didn't even make, a, to be honest with you, an income for at least 12 months of working a lot. Mm. I trained people for free. I just gave value. And most nights I would go to bed feeling really bad about myself. Like, what am I doing? I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, I felt really ashamed. I felt embarrassed, especially on social media when you've got to show up so much, you know, and you feel like you don't have much of a following. People make comments and they put you down. And, you know, it's about going back to your why and figuring out why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I guess for me, the thing that pushed me through was knowing that I'm doing this for the greater good. I'm doing this because I know that I want to help someone. Even if I help one woman, like not go through what I went through, then it's going to be all completely worth it. But, you know, talk about getting uncomfortable. That was an incredibly uncomfortable process for me, Um, but so valuable as well. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. The the fear of like owning or starting your own business is, yeah, it's an eye-opener, that's for sure. Because like you said, you know, you were at a comfortable job, things, you know, were were good but you just weren't being challenged and again like not everyone is designed to to be business owners but i do believe at some stage of their lives maybe to have a business or some venture of like independence on their own is a really good way to just learn a little bit more about yourself as an individual because yeah you put yourself out there god you're you're reminding me now of when i started my um personal training business at a like a at a local gym and to get leads you had to either jump on the gym floor tell you like say hi to all the the people or start doing um sales calls like cold selling like no one likes someone who cold calls them like i'd be like oh hey it's Siggy from x y and z i'm um, just calling in regards to like training how's it going oh, i was just wondering if you're like after coaching and they'll be like no just no, like blunt no. And I'm like, oh, 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 okay, I'll just hang up. And you like get all choked up and, you know, you take it personally. You're like, that's it. This is not for me. I'm not doing this. But over time, you just get better and better at it. And I'm glad that you mentioned also that when you're starting a business, it doesn't look as easy as may pe- like as people may perceive it to be because you have to do the hard grind, especially working for yourself. You're not just a coach. You're the admin person you're the tax person you're the creator you're the designer you're the programmer you're the nutritionist like there's so many like you might be the mindset coach whatever you know niche you go into so yeah uh like a lot of people need to understand that maybe the first one to two years probably are going to be like your hardest years but once you push through that, it gets so much better. It's still, it's still hard. I'm not going to lie. Like it still has its challenges, but you need to put in the work. Yeah. I think when I was just thinking about that, I think the reason the first few years are difficult is because you really don't know yourself as a business owner. 
and you know things are I think regardless business is difficult it's never easy and it isn't for everyone hands down and you'll know pretty quickly whether it's for you or it's not for you I would say don't give up though when it gets hard because it's going to get bloody hard but you need to if you've got a really strong why driving you you you're really wanting to make an impact you need to push through that but I think the first few years if you haven't been in business before you're learning so much so on top of running this business and you know if we talk about our our industry where we're coaching people and this role model for people on top of that you're figuring out okay like how do I you know run a website how do I be consistent on my my social media how do I get leads in how do I make sales calls like there's all of these things you're learning that are brand new it can be completely overwhelming and exhausting and so I think what makes it easier is as time goes on you learn what you're good at you learn what you need to get help with you learn what sort of, um, I suppose, you know, what your triggers are as well. So what things make you, you know, you know, I'll give you an example for me. So lately I have had to pull back on a lot of my marketing because my business is needing some attention in different areas and they are hiring staff for certain roles, right? So right now my goal isn't to to take on potentially like a whole whole lot of new clients because I really want to set a solid foundation to be able to provide a really high level of service for the girls that I do bring in. And if I'm just constantly trying to bring in new girls but I don't have a solid foundation in my business, it's going to crumble, right? So right now I'm taking a step back. I'm really building out foundations. Now, what I've noticed for myself is that when you, when you get new leads in or you get a new client, it feels good, right? Essentially, you're getting a bit of a dopamine hit. You're thinking, oh, great, this is awesome. Like, Great, I killed it on that sales call. I got that client. Things are feeling really good. And so you can kind of run off of that energy. When you're not getting that dopamine hit, you're doing the stuff that's boring. You're doing the stuff that's behind the scenes that doesn't look all too sexy. You're not relying on that hit that makes you feel good. But what you know you're doing is you're setting out foundations that are going to keep your business strong to be able to grow into the future. And so it's been funny this week that I've, I've felt a little bit flat so like, you know, waking up, like just not feeling it. And I recognize it's because I'm not getting that hit. Not that it's about sales for me, but it's about growing my business. It's about making an impact. And sometimes when I'm not seeing those numbers come in, I'm thinking I'm not making an impact. When in fact, what I need to remind myself is I need to be okay with doing those things that I don't want to do because they are actually really important in order for me to make a greater impact in the future. And in business, that's a really important lesson to learn in that things aren't always linear. You're going to have times and business is terrible. It's really quiet. Okay, what are we going to do to be able to invest in ourselves, invest in our business to grow bigger? And we can't allow those times like this week, me feeling flat. Okay, what have I done? I have made sure that I have played affirmations repetitively in my mind every day. I, I make sure that I everything I see visually is going to be very encouraging to me. I remind myself of my why and my purpose and that's what's going to drive me along so I'm not becoming reliant on these different dopamine hits that make me feel really good I guess like similar to you know if you're running an online coaching business we talk about social media you know you have content go off feels good those likes feel good those views feel really good but what happens if some of your content doesn't go off we feel crap right and it's about like being able to manage that and look at the big picture Mm, that's such an important way to look at things, especially around social media, because a lot of people look at their metrics by like how many likes they get or how many comments or 
how many views, but you just don't really know who you're impacting at the end of the day. And like you said at the beginning, you know, if you're just impacting one person to make to make a change, to make a better life, that's that that's their your achievement right there. So it's very um it's very eye opening to everyone to understand that, you know, progression in business looks completely different to everyone else. And like you mentioned right now, you're not solely focusing on the marketing side of things. You're looking at hiring staff, looking at the back end of um, business as well. And this is a really good way of us discussing about how some people want to scale their business. And scaling a business is going to look completely different to me, what it's going to look completely different to you, and it's going to look completely different to our listeners and our listeners need to understand that scaling a business doesn't necessarily mean that you have a team of 10 people underneath you. It could just mean you individually working, but you're still scaling your business, whether it's like into passive income, like ebooks, courses, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to look completely different. I think what's hard is that it's hard to know what you want to do unless you've been there and you've done it. And so I think we always, especially like in our industry, there's always a monetary number we put on on earnings, so a monthly income that we're going to get in, or like a yearly income, and that that means you're successful. Well, that just means jackal, really. Yeah. And I think what's really important is once again going down, figuring out your why, and I would always recommend becoming crystal clear on your values and what your intentions are for your business. What sort of an impact do you want to make? How are you driven? What do you want to achieve? And really when you're killing those things, that's what success looks like. Regarding scaling, yeah, things are going to look really different. So my model is going to look different to somebody else's model. For my business, you know, my biggest goal is to impact and is to reach as many women as we possibly can. That's what I want. and that's going to take um, a different approach and different action steps to say someone that has a goal and a focus of becoming the best coach that they they can possibly be and to always have a full roster of clients rotating throughout the year. That's going to look really different, right, because they want to focus on the 30, 40 clients that they have at that time to give them their all. Now, that is success, right? That is a successful coach because Ultimately, that's what your idea of success is. And actually, you're making an incredible impact by doing that, you know. And then for other people, it's going to be like you said, maybe they're just wanting to be able to take a, you know, their foot off the brake, I suppose, and have something that's been created. They're going to get a passive income, whether that is, you know, some kind of group coaching model or it's going to be some kind of course content where they're not so hands-on. Um, you know, for us, we have assistant coaches, um we're international we want to reach as many women as possible now that means that the steps that i need to take moving forward are going to look really different and you know it can seem really cool and exciting to think oh wow they must have so many clients and they must be you know they've got this many staff and it all looks exciting and awesome but i can assure you that no matter what model you choose or wherever you want to go within your business or how you want to scale you're going to come up against roadblocks and there's pros and cons to both um there's not one perfect way to do things but what's really important is that you're driven by your why and you're very crystal crystal clear on what your goals are and what you're really wanting to achieve and uh there's not one way to success really success comes down to what you view success as 
Mm. Yeah, that's so important. Yeah, it's just so fascinating because like a lot of people, I can speak for, for myself personally, you know, in the past I would look at success as, you know, me becoming a millionaire. And it's just like, well, why do I want to become a millionaire? Like is money actually the drive for me? Well, no, then why does it matter? And you start, you need to start digging a little bit deeper to have a better understanding of what, what are you wanting your future to look like? Is it you actually being a millionaire? Or is it actually you owning a business where you're so freaking happy with yourself and your clients are killing it and you're just loving life and you're enjoying your business? And if that's what it looks like, like that, then just continue doing that and scale whatever it looks like. But um, I would almost, I'm sorry, I was just going to say, I would almost say if money is your driver, you want to earn good money. Honestly, running a business is not worth the stress of the money that you earn. First of all, the more money you make, the more you're going to spend, right? So that can look really impressive and it's so important to be aware of the sharks in our industry. There are a lot of business coaches out there which will tell you, you know, make 10, 20, 30, 40 grand a month. Fabulous. Okay, so as you grow, your expenses are going to grow. Yeah. And so that income in your pocket is going to decrease. The other thing is that you're going to be working a heck of a lot, right? You need to be working a lot. And even people at the top of their game. You know, um, big cheeses work a lot, right? If you have a lot of responsibility, then really that becomes your life. Your business ultimately will become your life in a sense. And so is that what you're up for? Is that what you're wanting? If you just want to earn a good income, I would say work really hard, work for somebody else. <laughs> it's going to be a lot easier. Or maybe invest in some crypto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny you mentioned crypto. I've like started dabbling into it a little bit. I don't know what I'm doing yet, but it's it's happening. Um, you know, are you into it? Oh, uh, look, I dabble a little bit. It's I, I kind of feel it it's almost a full time job in itself. You need to really <laughs> you need to be researching like I'm look, I'm not that committed. My my time is taken up with my business. But, you know, a lot of people have been really successful, but a lot of people have lost a lot of money as well. It's kind of, um, it's not as easy, I think, as how people sell it. Yeah. And that's, that's, there, there you go with that. You know, it's another thing that people perceive like crypto to be like the next best thing. I and mean, you know, it might be for those who are actually doing the research around it and, you know, spending quality time looking up these things and, you know, investing in it. But that's the same with business. You know, you have to put in the work and time and effort into it if you're wanting it to be successful. And that was my next point about how, um, you know, business gurus in quotations, how they sell, sell you this idea that you're just going to live your life, you know, as happily, happily ever after with making a certain amount of money. But like you said, the more money you make, the more problems occur. And this is not to, you know, um, scare you, scare our listeners away, but that is the reality of owning a business. You can't own a, a successful business without having more expenses or other problems. It's just a different type of, um, different level of stress. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a bigger level of stress. I mean, you've got the, I guess, a part of it is, is easier in that, you know, you've somewhat achieved some kind of success, right? You've got a well-functioning business, which is really awesome. However, the more clients you get, the more unhappy clients you're going to have. 
um, the more staff you have, the more issues you're going to have to deal with in managing those staff. It just gets bigger. The issues become bigger. And if you're not fully committed, once again, if you don't go back to your why, then you are really not going to be able to be successful and be able to push past those hard times. And that also comes down to mindset and having a really strong mindset in business. What's been, I guess, the biggest um, growth period for me is really learning that if I want to make a big impact on the world, I need to ensure that I have daily practices around my mindset. Otherwise, I kind of think about it as if you if you don't want to be, and I don't want this to sound arrogant, but it's true. If you don't want to be average, you can't think average, right? You can't go into it waking up some mornings going, oh, geez, I don't feel really good about myself. I don't think I can do it today. If you are going to make an impact, if you're going to be a role model for others, then you need to go into it completely confident and backing yourself 110%. And it's really easy to back yourself when you're having great days or when you know, you're know you earning a good amount of money, a good amount of clients. So you're just feeling good. It's really difficult on the days when you wake up and you've got 10 clients that are really unhappy or you're having issues with your coaches or you know business is really bad and you've got bills that you need to pay. That's really difficult to move into it into those days with a really bulletproof, excuse me, mindset. But that's the practices that you need to do on a daily basis in order to be successful because regardless of how successful you get, how big you get, you're going to have those days. Just because you earn a certain amount, it doesn't mean that you are now, um, you're not going to find that you're going to have difficulties around how you're feeling. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that. What are some uh, practices that you do yourself? Yeah, so my non-negotiables every morning, I have a really strong faith in God. So for me, it's prayer and it's spending time in the Bible. Uh, there's a lot of wisdom in there and I draw a lot of wisdom out of that. And a lot of um, my beliefs come from serving others. And that's really the foundation of my business is that I give. I want to give in everything that I do to help others. And so that's my solid foundation. So I start my day off with that. That's my reminder that regardless of how I'm feeling, today I'm going to serve others. That's my nice solid foundation. After that, I really like to ensure that I um, repeat affirmations to myself. So I have affirmations up in my office that I will read out aloud or some mornings look, I won't have time to do that and I listen to, so I've got some playlists on Spotify and I'll just listen to some affirmations that will go over in my head. Um, I have a few other things that I do each day. I like to listen to um, some kind of audio. I learn really well through audio. I'm not great at sitting down and reading books, but I will always listen to a podcast um, from someone that is ahead of me in, in business. So I'm always trying to learn from someone that's, you know, a few steps ahead of me um, so that I can learn as much as I possibly can around business or around mindset. I then like to listen to something. I suppose this is more so to do with business, but I do like to listen to something that's educational as well. And then I like to listen to something towards the end of the day that's really dumb so I can just <laughs> not have to think. Um, and then lastly, another non-negotiable for me is writing out my to-dos and an achievable to-do list for the day and then what I'm also grateful for. And that seems like a lot. I'm a mum, so, you know, my mornings don't always go to plan. Yeah. So sometimes not all of that is done in the morning. Sometimes it's spaced out throughout the day and I just need to make it work within my life. But for me, it's a discipline that I've created that these are the things that I need to do 
regardless of how I'm feeling. And some days I really don't feel like doing that. Some days I really don't feel grateful for a whole lot or I really don't have that self-belief in myself, but I will tell myself until I get to a point where um, I actually feel a lot better and I can begin to believe it. That's so cool. I love that. And it's so like with those non-negotiables, I love the fact that you actually haven't mentioned that you have a specific time that you do it because life happens and especially as a mum, you just don't know what your kids are going to need that morning or throughout the day. But the fact that you just get it done throughout the day, whenever that looks like for you, that's what impacts your mindset the best because you're actually, you're creating, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you're keeping a promise to yourself every day by doing this, whether it's the prayer, whether it's the affirmations, the to-do list. I'm huge on to-do lists and I'm sure our listeners are very big on to-do lists as well. But sometimes a to-do list can be like so long that you're like, oh my God, how am I going to get this done? And something that I actually love doing is literally splitting it across the week so that way it doesn't look so big and overwhelming. Because if you have a list of 20 things on a Monday, you're like, well, this is not, I'm not going to get this done. So splitting out throughout the week, it may mean like you're doing like four or five things a day, which is plenty. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you. Especially as a business owner, you will have things. I've got about five lists going at the moment. But what I do, I guess, and this is a really good point in that, you know, I tell you what works for me. It may not work for you. And you've got to figure out what works for you. I get frustrated sometimes. I And I have had lots of experience working with business coaches. I really believe in investing in myself and um, learning more so I can be the best business owner I can be. But I remember working with one guy who made me have a look at his calendar and he said, oh, no, 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 you've got everything wrong here. You're not setting up your week the way that you should be setting it up. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll change it up and I'll do what he he told me to do. And it was an absolute schmozzle. First of all, he's not a mum, right? So he's got he's got his whole day to set up however he would like. Now, I've got a three-year-old. He can wake up one morning and, you know, the fact that he doesn't want to have peanut butter on toast could cause just an absolute nightmare for an hour. Right. So I'm not going to be able to get my meditation in then all my sales calls in then. Right. You have to figure out what works for you. Yeah. And I think we, when it coming back to those, uh, the lists, I, um, I also got some advice on that and I tried that and I just thought, this is just not working. And so for me, I have different lists for different things. I have a big running list that I know I need to do for the week. I then have certain lists for, you know, if I've got stuff I need to address with assistant coaches or whatever, I have a list for that. What I always do is I, I create myself three to five tasks every day. They're my non-negotiables. They are the things that I'm going to achieve. And I know that it's achievable for me to actually get them done. So I'm not feeling number one, overwhelmed or number two, like I haven't gotten anything done and I end up disappointed in myself. So I guess breaking things down exactly like you said, CE and making it achievable so that you feel like at the end of the day, okay, at least I have actually achieved something. It's not like I've gotten everything done on my list because that's generally impossible, but I've gotten the non-negotiables done. Yeah, I love that. And with the non-negotiable list, it's doing the stuff, you know, like, you know, like for yourself, it's like the, the praying, the affirmations for someone else, it might be like morning steps or a workout. But it's also, um, as you mentioned, it's learning to do these things even when you don't want to do them because it's so easily to dismiss you know like you waking up 
pass your alarm and you're like, oh, that's it, like it's too late, I'm not going to go to the gym and you don't end up going to the gym in the morning but then towards the evening it's just like, well, shit, I haven't done my workout yet, I need to get it done. And if you don't get that done, you're literally just, um, yeah, you're just breaking a promise to yourself. And you end up feeling so angry at yourself. Yeah. And disappointed at yourself. Yeah. Which is not good. It's never a good thing. But so we talk about discipline and how important discipline is and taking action regardless of how you're feeling because you're going to have times and days. Actually, I just spoke about this on my Instagram today. And that was like, not all of us wake up feeling motivated at all. But like you said, you have committed to yourself. You've made a commitment to yourself. You're going to achieve that goal. And that's going to take doing stuff you do not want to do. Yeah. But if you're not willing to do that, then you're choosing to stay stuck. Mm. Really, you've got no excuses. So there's no whinging here. There's no feeling sorry for yourself. You need to take action on the things that you don't want to do in order to get to where you want to go. There's just no two ways about it. And that ties in so nicely into, you know, being a successful business owner or being successful in like within your own life, you know, whether it's like training or nutrition or your mindset. And it also ties in really nicely into us speaking about fear before, you know, it's just putting yourself out there and making those promises to yourself to step into feeling uncomfortable. So that way you can, you know, be a little bit more successful. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I always say like all the good stuff happens outside of your comfort zone. It truly and, does. Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, all growth happens outside of your comfort zone. My little tagline is, um, and it's a saying, it's not my saying, I'm not sure who originally said this, but feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm, I love that. Yeah, you're just going to acknowledge it. It's going to be there. It's always going to be there, but we're choosing not to listen to it. But you're the only one can, that can actually choose to take that action. Nobody else can do that for you. Yeah. And, again, that comes down to having a little bit more determination to yeah. push through that that fear and actually, like you said before, like back yourself up and be like, hey, I can do this, I'm going to do this. And once you end up doing it, whether you fail or whether you succeed, at the end of the day, you you did that. You've promised yourself that you're going to get it done. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, that really builds confidence in yourself and your own ability. When you can reflect back and go, oh, that was really hard, but I'm so proud of myself for actually doing that. So in the next time that you have something pop up that feels really difficult, you can reflect back and go, well, hey, this point in my life, I was able to push through. I can do it again. Mm, I love that. So good. So good. Oh, my God. Um, Tash, where can our listeners find you? What platforms are you on these days? Yeah, sure. So, look, I'm fairly active on Instagram at girlfitmethod. I'm trying to be active on TikTok. I do. I am present on TikTok. I don't really know what I'm doing on there. Neither <laughs> so, do I. <laughs> oh, it's a whole nother world. It is a whole nother world. So, uh, but, you know, I do post valuable content on there and I think I'm at Girlfit Method 1 because my, my name was taken. So um, you can find me there. I also have a website, girlfitmethod.com. Um, feel free to reach out, chuck us a follow, or if you've got any questions, um, whether you are someone that's just interested in really up-leveling their physique or their relationship with food and their body, send us a DM. Or if you're a business owner, I really, really love to share any experiences that I've had and pass that on because I know how difficult it can be. So feel free to send me a message. 
love that so good get in touch with her um girls seriously so so much um value from from tash today um if you enjoyed today's podcast please make sure to recommend it to your friends family partners whoever your dog um make sure that you screenshot and tag us at the women's um, fitness academy tag myself tag tash um, until next time, continue learning to do the things that you don't want to do because that will help you achieve um, much bigger and better things.